saying no? Um, you know, is our life balanced? Using a fear meter versus a peace meter, uh, one might have to change the chance for survival. So, peace meter versus a fear meter. Wow, what is a peace meter and what is a fear meter? Well, when you think of like a scale um, or a meter that has a gauge that goes back and forth, what side is that gauge at? Is it more towards the fear of man or the peace of God? And that's what boundaries is really about, is living with peace, which is the fear of God versus the fear of man. And, you know, when we are walking in peace, we're not in survival mode. We're in a constant flow of breathing and living out of God's spirit. And fear, the fear of man, usually is a driving force of why someone would always be saying yes with their mouth, but they're saying no with their heart. And when we say yes, with our mouth to someone, but we're really screaming no inside, something's wrong. You know, someone's going to ask you to do something, and you are automatically going to say yes to it. But once you say yes, you're like, oh my goodness, Wendy, what did I just do? So, you know, when we say yes to something, we really have to look at the bigger picture of what is affected by our yes, mm-hmm. and you know, Wendy, what what do you think? How what what areas might be affected by saying yes when we should have said no? Well, I think everything. I mean, I I had an experience recently um, where I was screaming no, and not literally screaming, but you know, inside <laughs> I was screaming no, and I my. I couldn't process exactly what was going on at the time. I felt like I was being dragged against my will. That that's that, that's how sometimes like real it can be. You know, you yeah. feel like you're like you have no choice, which is not true. Because you do have a choice. You know, sometimes we feel like we're saying yes, and it reminds us back when we were kids, yeah. and our mom made us eat the vegetables on the plate, <laughs> and we're like, okay, I'm gonna say yes because I know the consequence if I don't. Well, when you're children, it's a bit different. Yes. Because now we're adults. Yeah. You know, the other thing to think about is what is the motive behind your yes? Mm-hmm. Is it a God motive or is it a man motive? Is it man's approval you're seeking, the acceptance, um, guilt? And, you know, a big one that a lot of women deal with is competition and comparison. Mm-hmm. So you really have to look at the motive behind your yes. Do you, you know, do you ever really stop to realize that maybe your yes, you've accepted something out of fear of hurting someone else? You've said yes because you're afraid to hurt someone else. You know, Cloud and Townsend talked about in Boundaries um, that there's a way that you can hurt someone and there's a way you can harm someone. There's two separate things. And I don't do not believe that it's talked about in the first two chapters. We're going to talk more about it next week. Mm-hmm. But you want to keep that in mind. Am I hurting someone by saying yes or no? Or am I harming them? You never want to harm anyone. But 
sometimes hurting someone by saying a no makes the other person grow up. Mm. We'll talk about that next week. Um, you know, the other thing is, too, is when we say yes, we might start to feel resentment towards someone else, to the person we said yes to. And, you know, the other flip side is that, you know, we said yes to something, and it's part of the bigger picture of life. So our spouse, our children might begin to feel resentment towards us because they're only getting what's left over. You know... You think about, I've said yes to this person, and it's too late to back out. Can I change my mind? Yes. Yes, you can. That is the time you say yes. <laughs> you know, um, when or even how do we begin to notice the signs of territorial crossings? Mm. That, that, that's when someone has invaded our space. Because we've let them. But, you know, and, you know, how, how unbalanced is our every, can our everyday life be when, you know, we, um, when it's held in perspective of effectiveness, you know, we could, we could have said yes to, let's say, five things, five projects, five, five ministry things, or even work related or school related, you know, and so we're, we're doing all this. In all these areas, but are we really able to give a hundred percent in each of those areas, especially if they're like big projects? You know, are we able? Do you think we are? I don't think so, because if we really want to look at the bigger picture and we're trying to divide our time, and you're spread thin as already, and if you're single, you might have a lot more time than if someone's married. Mm -hmm. um, if you're uh, married and you have children, you really have got, this, it's like what we talked about last week about your four top priorities. How is your involvement outside of the home affecting what's inside the home? You know, you want to have it, to have, whatever your involvement is outside the home, you want it to create a positive effect in the home, not a negative. If it's creating a negative effect in your home, then it needs to go. Because your priority is God, your spouse, yourself if you're married, and your children. And then your work. And then anything else after that. And if there is strife in the home from what's being happening on the outside, something needs to be restructured. Because you don't have anything left. You don't have anything left. I mean, when are you going to have time to spend in the Word? When are you going to have time to pray? When are you going to have time to spend with your husband? Date night. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> You know, if you're spent five different ways, date night doesn't exist. Right. You know, um, when you are a mom and you're trying to take care of the kids and their soccer practice, their piano lessons, and all these different things, even restructuring what your children do and limiting it, I've had to learn that the hard way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not fun telling your kids that, no, you know, we can't do soccer this season. So, you know, and the other thing that we need to be careful of um, is to not condemn someone. Mm. Someone should never feel condemned or like they're wrong in choosing their marriage, their family, their work above participation in an outside uh, source from the home. That just shouldn't happen because those relationships 
are very, very important and I believe primary. So like my, my friend here and I, you know, we've wanted to do things together, but we've had things that were family, like, like let's say Jen wanted to do something, coffee or whatever, and I had a family obligation. I really want to do this with my friend, but I have my family obligation, and she's always understood that, and vice versa. You know, that's just, that's the way it is. It's not because she doesn't like me. You know, it's not because, you know, I don't whatever. feel rejected. When she right. tells me no, I don't feel rejected. The other area is, too, is when you're involved in work or you're involved in church and you um, are trying to serve in those areas, anything outside of the requirement of work if, if you can't make a certain function and you're not required to be there, it is, if someone makes you feel condemned or wrong for not attending, they've crossed a boundary. Mm -hmm. Same thing with activities in a faith-based organization. If you are involved in so many things at church and your husband uh -oh. um, is not in agreement, mm -hmm. number one, with your involvement. Number two is not getting the attention he needs as your spouse and you've got more, you're at church three days a week and he only sees you twice a week. Something's wrong with the picture. I'm not saying quit everything you do at church. I think servanthood at church is very much needed in the house. However, there is a balance because your first priority is God. Your second is your home, your spouse, your children, yourself. Whatever else comes after that has got to fit where the, there is a window open. You know, there's a quote in Cloudon Townsend's book, Boundaries, that says, Many Christians fear that setting and keeping limits signals rebellion or disobedience. You know, when you say no to someone that is an authority over you, they might think that you are showing a sign of rebellion. Our disconnection. Hmm. And that is someone who's not respecting boundaries. Mm -hmm. That is someone who's not understanding your value that you have of your family. And that's something that has to be communicated. If it's not communicated by you, then it's never going to be communicated. And you can't really blame them for not understanding. So it's really about communi communicating what your boundaries are and what, what you value the most. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the other thing is, too, we have to understand, are we, when it comes to the rebellious process and being rebellious and and condemned and, and, and those things, there is a place in your walk with God that you can become rebellious, but when it comes to what we're talking about here in boundaries, is you have to really weigh your life and align it to the Word of God and say, am I living according to man or am I living according to God? And there's two lanes of the road. Am I driving on the right side in the car with God or am I driving on the left side with fear of man? You can't have both and you can't be in the middle. You've got to have one or the other. And if you're living with the fear of God and align with God's Word, all this in the left lane is going to fall into place. And the man is going to recognize that you walk by the Spirit of God and not by flesh. And that you're not a yes man mm. or a yes woman. Mm. You know, I have seen a lot of families in ministry destroyed because they valued their time at the church 24-7 more than they did with their kids, more than they did with their spouse. I grew up in a family where we were there 24-7, almost seven days a week. It took a while for me to understand.
understand as a child that that was not good. Mm. Now, I'm not saying don't go to church. You need to be there. You need to grow and you need to serve in the house. But there's an element, a limit of how much you serve the house of God and how much you serve your house. Mm. Your responsibility. Your responsibilities are to your spouse and to your children and to your relationship to Him, to Christ. Mm. And if those things are lacking, any service, service that you do in the house of God is going to not be 100%. It's not going to be um, whole. It's going to be sick. And if you're going to have one thing is, is we have to understand that um, the family's presence is, is important. Because my family, for me, we have to live in a place where there's peace in our home. And I know you do too. Mm-hmm. And when you have a different dynamic, family dynamics, every one of us do. Right. And we always have to, we have to guard that peace, Wendy. I agree with you completely because it, it will throw everything out of whack. And I always, I feel that if, you, if you're married and you have family, you are responsible for what, for you, first of all, but also for your family. I mean, you know, yes, we're called to do things. We're called to be about the ministry and sharing the gospel with others. But we're also called... Sometimes, you know, our family is our ministry. Yes, that's our first ministry. You know, yes. um, in that, I don't think we should take that lightly. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I learned that it's really, really important. It's really important to show, you know, your family the love of Christ. Yes, it is. And to just, it, when you do that, it brings peace and it changes dynamics. And then everything else that you do, when you're flowing out of that, it all lines up. With God's will, it's it's kind of interesting how that happens. You don't have to make it up. No, no it, it just does it on its own. Yes, yeah. and it's like that prayer. It's like, okay, God, I'm giving you 100 of me yeah. and what you've called me to do, and I'm serving my husband, I'm serving my children, I'm serving my home. Tell me what to say yes to, and tell me what to say no to, mm-hmm. and give me the strength, give me the boldness to say no. Yeah. Give and me the courage. discernment and the courage. Discernment and courage are major keys for yeah. No genuine spiritual or emotional value. That means there's no growth. Stagnation. Mm-hmm. You're stale. You're dry. Stinky. Oh, my. So, I'll tell you, we've got to really think about what we're, what we're pouring our time into and what priorities we have. And, you know, if you have a journal, I would really encourage you to use that during these next seven weeks, or actually now six weeks. Yeah. And write down, because at each t- um, end of each chapter, we're going to have some questions for you to write down and some scripture references that you really might want to look at. And right now we're going to go and do that. And, you know, um, oh, goodness, there's, a, there's many signs to when boundaries have been crossed. Or when someone's crossed your boundaries, mm-hmm. and they usually bear fruit, um, bear fruit in negativity and in things that affect you emotionally and physically and mentally, and they begin to make roots. And some of these things, I want you to question yourself, and I want you to ask yourself. I'm going to read a list of things, and I want you to ask yourself if you have ever been, if you ever experienced any of these. And if you have, I want you to put yes or no, and I want you to say how long. Mm-hmm. How long have you been experiencing it? And when's the first time you think you started experiencing it? If there's a trigger point, or if there's a someone particularly that made this happen, write it down. No one's going to see this but you. And it's something for you to actually analyze and look over 
it's like a map mm -hmm. of where you are mentally, emotionally, spiritually. You know, there the, these roots are depression, anxiety disorders, eating disorders, addictions, impulsiveness, guilt, shame, panic, marital and relational struggles. You know, I'm not saying that fear of man is the root of all these things, but fear is. Fear is. And, I, you know, there are disorders that are chemically um, and, and um, in the professional sense of it that are not stem from fear of man, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about those serious disorders. I'm talking about the baseline, the things that touch on, on anxiety, why we run to food for emotional um, being fulfilled, why we feel shame and guilt for saying no, or, or, or why we have a panic attack as soon as someone walks in the room and we hear their voice. I mean, those are because we don't have boundaries. You know, do you ever feel like your life is out of control? Like it's a continual roller coaster, or you're always in an emotional, spiritual pain. If that's part of it, then you've got to reevaluate re where those are coming from or who they're coming from. And um, it could also be that you're causing them because of how you step into someone else's over someone else's boundaries. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, trying harder to, um, why do you try harder in certain areas of your life that are just not working? If there are certain areas in your life that are not working, why are they not working? Ask yourself, write it down. Um, you know, there is, are you being nice to other people because you're afraid of them? Are you, are you intimidated? Intimidation, competition. Mm -hmm. We sometimes as women can really run on that, and it's a stronghold over your life, and you need to break it. Do you continue to take responsibility for others' actions or words that you're not responsible for? And we're going to talk about this next section. Mm. That's uh, what do they call that? Transference. Mm. <laughs> you know where you somebody's done something, but yet you say you're sorry for it, even though it's not something you did yeah. it's not something you're responsible for it's um that is quite liberating when you realize that i'm not responsible for anybody but me yes what i say what i do that's what i'm responsible for you know then it, it just becomes so clear and it's like oh my gosh okay so that's what that person said i'm not responsible for that but what you are responsible for is how you respond to it. Correct. Exactly. How you how you're responding to that, mm -hmm. you are responsible for. Mm -hmm. So you always have to make sure there's not a confusion of that. Right. Yeah. When things happen that are along those lines, you know, of of somebody says something and it's like, okay, how am I going to respond? You know, just. Don't, uh, I, I learned to not just do my knee jerk and jump in and be like, well, blah, 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 you know, mm -hmm. because that sometimes causes more problems. You know, I always try to let the Lord close my mouth and process everything before I say anything. But, the, um, you know, any confusion of responsibilities and ownership in our lives is a problem of boundaries. Didn't know that before, did you? Uh, many, many believers struggle with tremendous confusion about when it is biblically appropriate to set limits. About doing something, and a thought comes in. Why in the world, where in the world did that thought come from? Mm -hmm. Or when you're disciplining your children or talking.
talking to your spouse? Have you ever thought, that's not me talking. I just heard my mom's voice. Oh my goodness. So, that sounds like my mom. That sounds like my dad. That sounds like my husband's mom. I don't want to sound like that. So, you know, those are the things that you, when you feel like that, that's a boundary. That's a boundary that you realize, oh my goodness, I've allowed myself to be consumed by someone else's way of doing things to the point where it's controlling my thought process and my words and my actions and my behavior towards other people. And that is a dangerous place to be. You have to really understand that you are separate from someone else. Your thoughts should be your own thoughts. You really need to think about what you're thinking before you say it, before you do it, before you act upon it. You need to... Um, before you open your mouth, you need to really concentrate and say, okay, is this really me or is this someone else that has an influence in my life? You know, I used to have a friend that when I would go out and do things, especially when it was either clothes, buying clothes, and I'm not a shopper, but when I did shop or during that time in my life, I would always have this person in the back of me saying, do you really need that? Do you really need to, you know, you're not, it doesn't look too good. Or, um... When I'm making a major decision, I was always thinking, what would they do? What would so-and-so do? And God had to stop me, and he had to say, listen, you've got this person on a pedestal. You're, you're, you're mm. taking your decisions and you're comparing them to what um, you would do, and you should be looking at what I would want you to do. And when we begin to put someone else's thoughts and someone else's way of doing things above asking God first, We've made that person an idol and that person a control. Instead of thinking what so-and-so would do in this, in this situation, what would God have me do in this situation is what you should be asking. You know, um, he says that our words um, really are a picture of who we are when you really think about it. Well, go ahead. I was going to say our words show what our heart Yes. What condition our heart is in. Yes. Um, because, you know, that out of our heart flows and the life. Mm -hmm. And what we speak is what is in our heart. So if, if you know, if somebody's speaking yucky, nasty stuff, where do you think their heart is? You know? Um, you know, uh, also there's another couple quotes. You know, never give our minds over to any one person. Mm. We must be um, diligent in, and uh, listening to our own thoughts, our own process. Because sometimes, you know, like Jen was saying, you know, sometimes there may be that influential person that spoke into our lives and we're, we're listening to them. Or on the flip side, God's trying to show us something, but somebody's over here another voice that's contradictory mm. and you know um it if we listen to this voice it's going to take us in a totally different direction okay. than what god wants us to do yes. so we have to be very careful in who we let speak into our lives Definitely. that doesn't mean don't let anybody speak into your life mm. but you know just choose wisely yes. and allow the spirit yeah allow the spirit to discern and to show you which which you know, which voice, which person, which, you know, and he will, he will, and yeah. sometimes we don't like it, yeah. 
I've, I've been there. Sometimes I don't like what he has to say, but I still am obedient. Um, so in Mark 12, verse 30, it um, says that this is the first commandment, and you shall love the Lord your God out of and with your whole heart, out of and with all your soul, your life, out of and with all your mind, with your faculty of thought and your moral understanding. That's powerful. And out of and with all your strengths. So basically, we're submitting. We need to submit all of our thoughts, all everything, our whole faculty of everything that in that encompasses who we are to God. And if that is the case, then we should really desire what He wants. Proverbs four twenty three. It says, um, "You keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life." That goes back to determining the elements of your heart, your mind, your spirit, your body. And you have the ability. You decide what you will and will, what you will not allow to grow. And you also decide the, at the rate at which you grow. And, you know, our soul, it contains our mind and our emotions. And sometimes we like to live out of our emotions. And creating a boundary, even in that, when you can learn to not um, live by emotion, you're creating a boundary. I'm not saying don't experience them. Do not disassociate from emotions. What I am saying is don't allow out-of-control emotions control you. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And the way to do that is to live daily by learning how to live in the spirit and not the flesh. Questioning who has the deeds to your soul? Who holds the deeds to your soul? The enemy? God? Or your flesh? Um, boundaries. Define what is me and what is not me. A boundary shows me where I end. Anything. And just to know God's word. If you don't know what God's word says about wisdom and discernment, I would suggest that you study. Yeah. Study to show yourself. What are the questions I want you to ask yourself from chapter 2? And I'm going to just run them through and you jot them down. What are the boundaries set around these areas in your life? What are the boundaries of your mental, what are your mental boundaries? That's your mind, your thoughts, your actions, your words. What are your physical boundaries, your soul, your feeling, um, I'm sorry, your physical boundaries, your body, your actions, your appearance, your weight, your health. What are those boundaries looking like? Your emotional boundaries, your soul, feelings, reactions versus your responses. You don't want to react to anything. You want to respond. And you want to make sure the responses are positive and they are something that bring life and truth and love of God. What are your spiritual boundaries, beliefs? Make sure they're set upon the Word of God and not upon man and not upon tra tradition. If you have a fear of man, check it out. Get it out of your fence. Allow the fear of God to reign in your life and everything that concerns you. And I want to ask, you know, which which of these things that I'm going to ask you could be a result of a weak boundary in, in your life? Which of these could be a reason there is not a boundary for this area? Um, you know, for yourself, you can provide examples. This is for you. So, you know, think about any past hurts that you've had, that you've suffered. Um, any, if there were any models that were poor, not in wealth or anything but just poor role models um 
you know, any misunderstood uh, teachings that you maybe didn't really grasp. Um, boundaries define what is in me and what is not me. Mm-hmm. Or what is me. Sorry. In, what is in, me? In you, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're yeah. doing that one. That's good. <laughs> and what is not me. Um, it's where I end, where someone else begins. Um, what areas of your life are incorrect lim- boundary limits? Mm. And which ones are out of order? Yes. And the other thing you need to ask is what ways are you living life without boundaries? Be specific. Be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're going to know how to answer these questions. What ways are you living life without boundaries? And then the other one is what areas of life do you have boundaries, but you wish those boundaries were a little bit stronger? Session. We're going to talk about God and boundaries, examples of boundaries, and what's within my boundaries. for next week. Well... We are going to be reading, in the Boundaries book, chapter 3 and chapter 4, okay? And then um, chapter 2 in this little book there. And um, we just want to thank you guys very much for taking the time out to join with us as we um, embark on this journey together. And um, we just want to do a quick blurb about our Break 5 conference this year.